Good evening and welcome to our City of Champaign Township meeting. Before we start that meeting though, we actually have some fire oaths we need to do and we're gonna go ahead and do those first so that they can get out of here and not sit through our township meeting. So Chief, if you wanna meet me down front. So uh, thank you, Mayor, for allowing us to do the oaths first so we can get our firefighters back in their response areas. So good evening, Mayor and members of the council. It's my pleasure to introduce some new firefighters to you this evening that we've hired and also one that's been promoted. First one I'm going to introduce to you, and I would ask that you hold your applause until we get done with the third firefighter. So the first firefighter, if he wants to come forward, I'll introduce him to you. His name is Grant Hale. He was hired on May 2nd. He previously worked at the Charleston Fire Department and still volunteers with the Lincoln Fire Protection District. He has a total of 15 years of fire and EMS experience. He has an associate's degree in fire science and associates in paramedical services from Lakeland College and a bachelor's in general studies from Eastern Illinois University. He's also a licensed paramedic. He is married to Tori and they have a five-year-old daughter Aria, and a three-year-old son, Vaughn. I, Grant Hale, having been appointed to the position of probationary firefighter in the city of Champaign, in the county of Champaign, do hereby swear that I will perform the duties of probationary firefighter to the best of my abilities, and that I will uphold the Constitution of the United States, or of Illinois, the Constitution of the United States of America, to the best of my abilities. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. The uh, next firefighter, it's my pleasure to introduce you to, is Sean, I promised him I was going to practice his name, Coots. Coutts, okay. Was hired on May 2nd, also. He has a total of six years of fire and EMS experience. He previously worked at the Murfreesboro, Tennessee Fire Department and also crash rescue at the Peoria Airport. He served in the Illinois National Guard for seven years and is also a licensed EMT. His girlfriend is Lex Franklin, and he enjoys spending time with his family and doing anything outdoors. Please raise your right hand. And I'm going to have you turn sideways so you can see council too. Raise your right hand and state your name. Sean Couts have been appointed to the position of probationary firefighter in the city of Champaign, in the county of Champaign. Do hereby swear that I will perform the duties of probationary firefighter to the best of my abilities and that I will uphold the constitution of the state of Illinois the Constitution of the United States of America to the best of my abilities. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Sean. And the last firefighter I want to introduce you to who has been promoted to the rank of engineer is Josh Pleasy. He's been with the Champaign Fire Department for five years and has a total of 12 years of fire and rescue experience. He previously worked with Help me, Bloomington or normal? With the Bloomington Fire Department. And he has an associate's degree in fire science from Joliet Junior College and is a licensed paramedic. He is married to Kimberly and they have a seven-year-old son, Knox, and a five-year-old daughter, Tenley. 
I, Joshua Pleasy, having been appointed to the position of fire engineer in the city of Champaign and the county of Champaign, do hereby swear that I will perform the duties of fire engineer to the best of my abilities and that I will uphold the Constitution of the State of Illinois and the Constitution of the United States of America to the best of my abilities. Thank you. Thank, uh, please, uh, yes. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Good evening. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I'm in a strange seat because we're doing this before the township meeting, um, but I, I'm city manager, and tonight I have the privilege of introducing people who probably don't need any introduction because they've been a part of our team all summer, and they are the rock stars. I think every place I go, people are saying, I love the neighborhood ambassadors, um, but they've been so busy hitting the ground running, we haven't had an opportunity to bring them into chambers for their form introductions. And so this evening, it is my pleasure to introduce uh, to council formally and to members of the public our neighborhood ambassador team. The first person that I'd like to introduce is Jacqueline Calapenny. Jackie is our neighborhood ambassador supervisor. She is the energy and the smile and the spunk behind the team that keeps them going. Um, she comes to us with a bachelor's degree in history and a certification in race and diversity from the University of Illinois, and she's currently studying to get her MBA at UI Springfield. She has worked in international government, working with the president of Malawi. During her time in Malawi, she started the Calipeni Foundation, a nonprofit that helps girls get out of child marriages and into high school, as well as gives rural villages in Malawi access to water. She's been raised in CU. She went to Edison and then Centennial before going to Illinois. And she's excited to combine the love she has for our community and her passion and expertise to create meaningful and impactful change. Welcome, Jackie. Next, I'd like to introduce Sarah Rand. Sarah is one of our neighborhood ambassadors. She has her bachelor's of science in forensic investigations with a minor in biology, which is probably going to telegraph and not surprise anyone that she comes to us formerly as deputy coroner, coroner autopsy technician from the Champaign County Coroner's Office. I would like to think that our job is a little more um, lively. Um, and she is excited about making a positive impact on the Champaign community to improve the lives of all residents in the city. Welcome, Sarah. Next, I would like to introduce Javier Zanil Pena, also a neighborhood ambassador. He has his Master's of Arts from the University of Illinois, and he has his Bachelor's in Political Science, also from the um, University of Illinois, and an Associate's Degree in Criminal Justice. He previously came to us from Detention and Court Services for Champaign County Juvenile Detention and Probation Department. And he is also very excited about getting out in the community and making an impact. Welcome. 
And then finally, I'd like to introduce Mikhail Washington. Mikhail is also one of our neighborhood ambassadors, formerly was a recruiter and co-instructor for the Bridgewater Sullivan Community Life Center. And he is looking forward to interacting with members of our community, listening to their concerns and being of service to them. He wants to be a resource that people can rely on. And with that, our dream team, the neighborhood ambassadors. Thank you all. All right, so back to township. I'd like to call that meeting to order and I would request a roll call. Board, mil board member Williams. Here. Beck. Here. Bruno. Here. Fulmer. Here. Gladney. Present. Inigas. Here. Kyles. Pianfetti. Here. Chairperson Finan. I am here, and I neglected to state um, Deputy Mayor Kyles is actually at a state, state of Illinois Black Chamber event um, tonight, so he will not be with us this evening. Um, we need minutes. Town Board Chair, I move that we approve the minutes of the regular board meeting held July 5th, 2022. Second. Is there any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Do we have any correspondence? We have none, Your Honor. We have the Township 2022 Annual Report. Your Honor, we historically, as you probably remember, have provided an annual report in Excel spreadsheet that uh, has plenty of information but not very attractive. And so this year we wanted to do something different. So uh, in your packet you'll see the 2022 Annual Report that pretty much just briefly summarizes a lot of the great work that our organization's been doing over the last year, uh, with the goal, of course, is to submit it for uh, reference here, but also to share it widely on social media. So uh, that's what that is. And um, our deputy supervisor, Bailey, who's in the audience, is the one that put that together. She did a lot of great work. Town Board Chair, I move that we uh, review and put on file. Second. Is there any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Town Board Chair, I move that we review and put on file summary of expenditures for June 2022. Second. Uh, Supervisor, did you have any comments? Nothing remarkable. Anybody have any comments, questions? All right. Will um, all of those in favor signify by saying aye? Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Town Board Chair, I move ordinance 2022-08. An ordinance amending FY2223 budget for the General Township Administrative Fund. Second. So, um, this item on our agenda amends the annual budget ordinance um, for the Administrative Fund. And, Supervisor, did you want to speak to that? Yeah, I can just quickly summarize. So, as you remember, we um, we purchased Prosperity Gardens a few years ago. We've been operating that out of our general fund over the last two years. And what we're trying to do here um, is just designate the funds and the costs associated with Prosperity Gardens. So what we're doing is taking $49,000 um, and just moving it into an actual fund specific to Prosperity Gardens so we can better track operations of the gardens. Um, so it's, it's not um, any more money coming in or going out. It's just moving money into a new fund that we've created. 
Thank you. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this item on the agenda? Any town board comment? Please call the roll. <coughs> Board, Mil Board Member Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Bomer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Enigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Chairperson Finan? Yes. The item passes 8 to 0. And next item. Town Board Chair, I move Ordinance 2022-0802, an ordinance amending the FY2223 budget for Township General Assistance Fund. Second. The purpose of this ordinance is to amend the 2223 budget to increase revenues by $13,388.46 in the General Assistance Miscellaneous Revenue Account and to increase expenditures by that same amount in the General Assistance Emergency Grant Account. Um, Supervisor, do you want to speak to that? Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, if you remember back on April 5th, uh, we passed an intergovernmental agreement resolution that granted the city of Champaign Township $50,000 from the city for the sole purpose of providing emergency rental assistance. Uh, the township expended all but $13,388.46 as of June 30th. Uh, and so what this does is just amends our budget so we're able to expend those dollars, which I believe we already have. Um, thus far to date this fiscal year. Thank you. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Town board comment? Please call the roll. Board member Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Finan? Ouch. Chairperson Finan. Yes, um, item passes eight to zero. We have our final item. I move resolution 2022-0803, a resolution approving a subrecipient agreement between the city of Champaign and the township for the creation of a year-round low barrier emergency shelter. Second. The purpose of this resolution is to approve the subrecipient agreement between the City of Champaign Township and the City of Champaign for creation of a year-round low-barrier emergency shelter in an amount not to exceed $3.9 million. And Supervisor, the floor is yours. Thank you, Your Honor. I uh, appreciate you letting me move down here so I can control the PowerPoint. I wanted to provide you with a a brief presentation um, of the resolution in front of you and kind of a summary of what we're trying to accomplish at the City of Champaign Township. As you remember back, um, uh, we had direction to move forward with an intergovernmental agreement between the City of Champaign and the Township to operate a low barrier shelter in the City of Champaign uh, for a two-year period. And so um, this presentation is going to be a 30,000-foot view, but to provide you with at least enough information um, that you can feel comfortable moving forward with this initiative. Uh, and so slide one, I think, is probably the most important, at least on here, is the, the name of our shelter is going to be Strides. And that has meaning, but of course, um, we're looking forward to making good strides forward for those that we serve. Um, and so that will be the name of our proposed shelter. Um, to move forward even more, though, I think it's important to understand exactly what a low barrier shelter definition, excuse me, a low barrier shelter is. And so here, um, you know, ultimately it signifies a lack of requirements specifically as it relates to sobriety 
uh, that are typically required to enter into and utilize shelter services. So we proposed a shelter um, that effectively has a no questions asked scenario. Um, the only uh, caveats to not being able to enter is actively using alcohol or uh, drugs or having weapons or, um, or um, acting out through violence on staff. So no questions asked, residents will be able to enter um, no matter what their sobriety. A little bit of history, and you're gonna get quite a bit more history um, in the City of Champaign meeting, but um, as you know, we've lacked a, a 24-hour low barrier shelter here for many years, and it's been an issue that you all have addressed as well as other um, local social service agencies. Um, part of your um, council vision and goals as city council members, um, and I'll just use the quote, was to work to create and sustain year-round emergency shelter in the city to address the needs of all unhoused populations. Um, city staff and townships, specifically neighborhood services, have been in discussion since this spring um, about the possibility of the township operating a low barrier shelter. Um, and as you'll remember, again, on April 5th at the council meeting, you directed staff to finalize an intergovernmental agreement with the township uh, for the creation of a low barrier shelter. So the proposal is, is uh, simple. Uh, the proposal includes a 24-hour, 365-day low barrier shelter. Um, the funds that, that you'll be moving on this evening will provide funding for two years of operations starting November 1st of 2022. Um, funding sources for a more permanent location and operations will be acquired over the first year of operations. So what our goal is, is to acquire those permanent funds early on um, so that we can plan um, for after the two-year window, uh, the two-year trial period. So next year, we'll be working to get more permanent funding for the shelter as well as for operations as well as a permanent site. Now, this shelter will have a capacity of up to 50 men and 10 women, and this is based on numbers that we got from CU at Home um, and their data as, uh, as it relates to the experiences last um, winter. The budget, um, this is a very uh, basic view. Originally, I think we were looking at somewhere around 3.1 or 3.2 million. Um, like anything, unfortunately, nowadays, as we started crunching numbers, putting together our plan, um, the cost went up. And so what you're looking at here effectively is $1.9 million a year for the operation of a shelter. This includes um, the lease of a building um, and, of course, staffing uh, for our 24-hour, uh, 365 operation. As we, as we look at staffing, um, I just want to provide you a brief overview of what you can expect at the shelter. First and foremost, we're going to have a program director, and that, that director is ultimately going to be in charge of the shelter. They're going to report directly to the deputy supervisor. Uh, they're going to be in charge of operations. They're going to be in charge of personnel, um, and I provided the compensation. Of course, total compensation, including benefits. Um, the number in parentheses is the salary. Our community relations co uh, coordinator, um, they're gonna be doing a lot of outreach, not only um, for potential uh, occupants of the shelter, but also businesses downtown, uh, partner agencies. We want them to be kind of our eyes and ears out in the community. So uh, the community relations coordinator, of course, will be um, kind of a unique position. It, they're gonna be uh, working during the day, but they're gonna be flexing their time a lot because a lot of the work they'll be doing is in the evening on weekends as well. Um, the bread and butter, I think, of the shelter will be our case managers. Um, we're going to have 12 full-time case managers. And again, it seems like a lot, but the operations of a 24-7, 365 shelter um, 
demands a pretty significant amount of staffing. Um, and so uh, first and second shift will have, um, you can see the, com the uh, compensation, they'll have two and third shift will also have uh, two. And then security staff, we're gonna have a total of eight full-time security staff. First and second shift will have one uh, security um, staff member, excuse me, first and third shift will have one and second shift will have two because we believe that will be uh, a primary time for activity at the shelter. Um, kind of a summary of this, the staffing model, much of what I just said. Um, deputy supervisor will oversee operations as well as other programs. The director who will be there Monday through Friday will manage operations. Our outreach coordinator again will be out in the community. Uh, all three shifts will have two social workers on site and then first and third shift will have uh, one security guard. Um, second shift will have two. So, you know, one of the things that we really want to ensure is that we train our staff. Um, and so this is just a, a kind of a brief summary of some of the training that our staff can expect um, prior to opening on November 1st. These are all specifically related based upon common practice as well as CU at Home's experiences as well as our um, our policy manual um, of, of things that we believe are gonna make our shelter successful. Many of them I think are, are pretty common sense, but uh, one key that I would note is that a lot of these classes will be provided to us by partner agencies. And so um, the, the, the one thing we learned very quickly is how hard it is to find a building in Champaign uh, near the core of the community that can house a shelter. Um, as many of you know, Habitat for Humanity has been uh, operating out of 119 East University for quite a few years. They conveniently are moving to a new location out on Glen Park Drive. Um, their lease ends September 30th. Um, we got in contact with the owner of, of uh, 119 East University, the Habitat building. Uh, he walked us through it. As you probably remember, um, quite a few years ago, this was actually the Salvation Army shelter. And so it's, it's set up quite nicely for sheltering. It's rather big, it's 25,000 square feet, but um, it really became the only real option for us as we looked at many different options throughout the community. And so our proposal, um, and the intergovernmental agreement goes into quite a bit of detail as to uh, how this process works, um, up to and including city approval um, for us to sign the lease, but this is likely where um, the temporary shelter for the next two years will go. And I say likely only because we're in the midst of a feasibility study um, with Farnsworth Group just to ensure that um, the building has what we need um, from a safety perspective, from an occupancy perspective to operate a shelter. And um, what, we, what it does need, for instance, we can um, afford and justify um, to put in. And then if you look to the map, obviously the 119 is universities highlighted. Um, that on that small map shows daily bread, shows um, our township offices, it's, it shows the intermodal station, it shows CU at home, um, it shows Prosperity Garden. So the point of that being that, that that is an area in which occupants of the shelter can easily move from um, place to place uh, in relation to the services that they need. As we look at a more permanent site, um, and this is extremely preliminary um, and, and by no means um, um, anything is etched in stone, but we are in the design phase of what a permanent shelter would look like. Um, and that is uh, on, on the left, you'll see um, a very, very 
initial plan of what a shelter may look like. Again, um, housing 50 men and 10 women. And then um, a possible location, and again, I, I stress just possible, um, is, is adjacent to Prosperity Gardens. And I, that location, again, is relative to many of the other services that, um, that those that we're gonna serve are gonna take advantage of. It's also part of what we envision as our program to occupy Prosperity Gardens and to use the gardens and the work that we do there as part of our, um, our, our um, treatment, if you will, for those that are participating in the shelter. So um, discussions will be ongoing for where that permanent site is. Um, but as we've looked at what a model for us would, would, um, would work, this is, this is a location that we think would be um, promising. Um, you know, there's been previous discussions in other meetings, but obviously a shelter, we're going to provide safe and um, comfortable, uh, as comfortable as possible sleeping options. But um, showers, uh, hygiene products for men and women, case management, recovery support, community space, in other words, just a place for them to be um, out of the elements um, with opportunities to read, play games, play instruments, talk. Um, smart recovery, which is a form of um, addiction recovery. It's an alternative to, um, to Alcoholics Anonymous. Mental health referral and, and depending upon staffing, um, possible mental health care, basic medical care as well as preventative medical care. And so our goal is, is to provide those tools that many of these men and women aren't able to get or don't know where to get um, when they're out in the community um, and provide that there at the shelter because they're going to be with us um, for a period of time. Moving forward, what this is going to look like should this uh, intergovernmental agreement pass the township and city council. Um, we have been and we're going to continue to have weekly meetings with NSD staff. Um, they've been a great partner in not only uh, pushing us forward but helping us with our vision, ensuring that um, we both organizationally stay on the same page. Um, and so we're going to continue those meetings. Um, we intend to, to secure temporary location as soon as possible. I, I don't have an exact time frame on that, but obviously November 1st is um, right around the corner. And so we want to work to accomplish that quickly. Uh, we'd like to begin hiring staff starting October 1st, no later than October 1st, um, first and foremost with the uh, shelter coordinator. So that person can then help us um, pick their staff. You know, it's important that they are able to have a say in who we hire for uh, the shelter. Um, some, some segments that will come out of the intergovernmental agreement that you'll discuss in, in your city council meeting. Reimbursement will occur monthly with the township submitting costs to the city. So um, should this pass, it's not as though the city is handing over $3 million to the township. We're going to provide very detailed um, invoices to the city and uh, um, for cost reimbursement. Once the shelter's open, um, we want to ensure that we have monthly meetings with neighborhood services as well as other city, city staff, including CPD, CFD. Um, you know, one of our goals is to try to reduce the amount of interactions that both police, fire, EMS have with the men and women that we're going to serve because often we find that they are calling um, 911 for some of the services that we're going to be able to provide. So we want to ensure that that communication, the lines of communication with our first responders stays open with, um, of course, the city as our funder stays open as well as other um, partner agencies. Um, 
And then lastly, a quarter, quarterly review and presentation of data uh, to the council and the town board. We want to communicate our successes. We want to communicate any issues that we're having so that as we look to the future and we continue to plan for um, what will be a more permanent operation, um, everybody has input, everybody has buy-in. So um, you're going to hear a lot from us about what's happening at the shelter, but we think that that's really important, not only because you as the council are our funders, but because um, this is a primary goal of yours, and we want you to know, um, you know the success of this operation and, and how it uh, relates to that goal. Uh, and then lastly, Your Honor, um, any, any questions that uh, the town board may have? Sir, are there any technical questions? Councilmember Pianfetti, or town board member Pianfetti. Thank you. Um, and thank you for your presentation. And I actually don't know if this or when council sits, so if um, these questions have to wait, I, I can wait too. But um, I did have a, a few questions regarding, um, you know, thank you so much for taking this on and, and for the presentation. As um, we've talked for a while now, this is a much needed um, for our community. And so it's, it's great to see this all coming together. Um, for me, um, two years just isn't a lot of time. So I was wondering um, what the plan was for beyond um, year two. Like, it's a lot of money, so it's a how, lot of how, money. Do we, yeah. no. how, how do we move forward? That's a great question. That's probably the question I would have asked first as well. Um, so we've already started talking to other levels of local government. You know, homelessness, in, in my eyes, is a community issue. It doesn't stop at Wright Street. It doesn't end outside of the city limits. Um, I think what realistically, you know, if, if I had, if, in the perfect world, I think we get together half a dozen local governments, universities that may be in our community, um, and we look at, at, at a process and how we fund this moving forward. And if you, if you consider the cost that we're looking at in this particular budget, and of course those costs are going to go up, if you have six or seven uh, key partners with that, those costs are fairly minimal. Um, and I think the goal is, is that we're able to provide data um, over the next two years that this project is, is successful. It's eliminating um, the health and, and, and human service issues that we're currently seeing. And like anything, like streets, like fire, like police, we're going to ask our partners in our community to step up and fund this level of, of responsibility. So those conversations, as I said, have already started. I'm confident that um, our partners um, at every level will be interested in participating. There's also um, currently and likely moving forward um, an extremely high amount of grant money available for projects like this. So yes, it is a lot of money, um, but it's also um, it's, a, it's a program that I think resonates with um, many in our community. And it's a program that is, uh, with work, fundable through lots of different avenues. So when you talk about partners, because um, right now the only partner that I know of is us. <laughs> so are there other partners that have, like, I, I don't know what other leadership, because when I look at sort of the chain that you've talked about, it seems like it's, 
it's the township that is the reporting line. So what other partners are we are we looking at? So, I mean, you know, I think it's realistic that I've met with the city of Urbana. Um, of course, we're, we're nowhere near um, saying that they're able to provide this. Um, but um, fundamentally, and um, they believe in what we're trying to do here. They recognize that this is a need that's not only in Champaign, but also Urbana. Um, we've had conversations with the U of I, obviously. Um, these men and women are on campus and um, are, are, have interactions with UIPD a lot. So those are the kind of things. And, and, and again, it's, it's hard because we don't even have a lease, right? We don't, even have, we don't even have people hired for this. But over the next year, in my initial conversations, I feel as though, and I've gotten from um, our conversations, that there's interest in buy-in. But we need, um, and this is why this partnership with the city and the township, I think, is is so strong, we need to show that we're willing to do the heavy lifting. And, um, and I think that once we have good data, data is going to be key. Um, and once we have um, success with this program, um, they're going to be willing to step up. And again, I can't speak for their boards or their elected officials. Um, but I do think from our initial conversations that there'll be support. Thank you. I just Thank have you. a couple more questions. Sure. And I'm not, and I don't, I'm supportive of this. So this, this is just for my own, because um, I, I want to see this be as successful as it can be from the very start. So the timeline of hiring seems very quick. So um, are there um, concerns about whether or not there could be adjustments if needed, or what do we do if we can't get everything in this timeline? Um, what's our plan so that we could have, if we needed to, someplace for these individuals um, for the winter time? I guess, so So I, I'm leading to the fact that I want something in place right. um, when the cold weather comes in. So I, I'm just concerned that all of a sudden here it comes and you want something October. Um, I, if we can't do that, like, do we have plans in place to try and, and be able to still do things so um, we, as needed? We do have some some backup plans that aren't really strong, I'll be honest with you. The the issue we have is that, you know, this all falls together in, in a puzzle piece. And so we couldn't sign a lease or move forward with any real discussions with a, with a landlord until we had an inter, intergovernmental agreement. Um, and all of the things that now will fall together are post-intergovernmental agreement, of course, which is happening tonight. So there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, we our first conversation about this officially was April, and here we are. It's August, four months, um, and it feels like it was yesterday. So I recognize that our timeline is extremely quick. Um, we have some potential. We have some possibilities that if we don't have um, – everything put together on November 1st that we'll be able to shelter, especially if weather is an issue. Um, but, you know, at this point, unfortunately, um, we're, our cards are on the table with what we have and what we know. And um, we were diligent in looking for many different options, but um, the Habitat for, for Humanity building is the building, um, the only building that's available. Um, and Staffing is the only way we can make this happen. So I guess in summary, um, I recognize it's quick, and I recognize that um, 
the timeline is really, really aggressive, but we don't have any other choices, you know, and I, I know that's not a great answer, but it's, it's my final answer because um, that's, it's, it's the cards we're given. Well, I like the the choice of habitat. I think it's a great Thank location you. for for everything that it's around, and and I like your potential location for building something as well. I just, you know, this is a an issue that is, um, it, it it's a necessary need in our community. So making sure that we are taking the right steps right now, and and bringing the right people to the table and having the right conversations and moving forward. So um, thank you for answering my questions. No, Thanks. thank you. Any other technical questions? Councilmember Gladney. Real quick, so um, people who stay here could potentially be there for a little while. Would they be able to use the shelter address as their address if they're like applying for jobs? Absolutely, or yeah. And even currently, um, homeless men and women are allowed to use the township address if they okay. so choose um, for their permanent address, as are others. See you at home, I believe, does the same thing. Daily Bread does okay. that as well. So, yes. Thank you. Anyone else down here? Anyone at this end? Councilmember Beck. Uh, thanks so much for this. I, I know I'm super excited. I'm going to save my comments. But I do have a question. Um, it goes along the lines of the staffing. Um, are you all ready to roll once we put this intergovernmental agreement into place tonight to just post those positions so they can be? No, that's um, a great question. So um, the deputy supervisor has the job descriptions put together. Um, I should note we have our policy manual. Um, it's in review form. Um, um, but we are um, getting that reviewed from outside agencies, um, other key um, um, partners throughout the community. So to answer your question, yes, we are ready to go. Um, our um, job descriptions are ready. Um, the, the budgetary side of it's ready. Um, so the October 1st date um, is somewhat based on the fact that, quite frankly, we don't have anywhere to put people until October 1st. If we hire 18 people, there'll be a lot of sitting on laps for the next month and a half. Um, the 30 days in which we're going to hire um, and train is aggressive, and we know that. It's also, I think, realistic, though, that some of our training can take place um, post-opening. Um, and so, yes, we have our job descriptions ready. Um, the October 1st date is just kind of, that's the time where we expect to have occupancy opportunity. Um, and I think that there's a decent chance that our um, shelter coordinator will be hired long before that. So the October 1st date is the date that you expect to have people actually hired. Correct. Place, yes. Not to be hired. Correct. Yeah. So on October we even, we joked um, before the meeting that this week will be the process of starting to put together yes. that, yeah. Yeah. Time to start interviewing, time to start right. doing all that. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Good question. I should have clarified. Anyone else? All right. Is there anyone in the audience who wishes to address this issue? Please step forward. State your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. And, Supervisor, you're welcome to stay there. If it's not comfortable, you can certainly sit back. Sure. In your other seat. My name is Mark Miller, City of Champaign. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm so glad y'all were willing to put this forward. This has been needed in our community for probably a decade. Um, but I'm the community outreach for the homeless for the whole county. And what I see out here 
is we need a place for these people to, to have a place, I ain't gonna say to call their own, just a place to take them off the street. And once you take them off the street, you can actually help them get the things they need instead of them out there trying to figure out what they need and going into self-medication. I think if y'all push this forward and do the things we do, this shelter will be a wonderful asset to this community. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? I am Jen Straub. I'm actually from across the tracks over in Urbana. Um, I uh, work as a housing uh, case manager at Cunningham Township, and I just wanted to say thank you to Andy and Bailey and all of you for this Herculean effort. You um, are going to save so many lives. Um, it's a really huge deal. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to address the town board? Town board member comments. Oh, come on up. State your name and city of residence. Uh, my name is Brian Knox, and I have lived in Champaign-Urbana since 1970. I currently own the property next door to the ReStore. I'm actually surprised that there was no notification to anybody in the neighborhood, and today was the first I have heard of this. Um, when the gentleman said everybody has input and buy-in, I would have thought that there would have been more effort to talk to the other people in the neighborhood. I certainly appreciate your effort to try to deal with the homeless issue, and um, it is a problem everywhere, and you see it all over town. Um, I have worked since I bought the property in 1987 to try to uh, include the east side as part of the downtown's heart center of, of Champaign. And, and repeatedly, I keep finding out that, well, the downtown is really on the other side of the tracks, and you guys are on the east side, and, and you don't deserve the same considerations as the downtown area does. Um, the east side is sort of the poor stepchild, and I thought that the city was more pro-business, and I don't think that this is the best location for a homeless shelter in the middle of the east side part of downtown. Um, there was a, an article in the New York Times in 2019 that, that, had, uh, uh, that said that uh, property owners, homes that are near a homeless shelter, ended up being devalued by 7%. And it didn't say anything about businesses, but certainly the property values of the area from a homeless shelter will directly affect myself and other people in the direct neighborhood there. Um, this area was in the TIF district, and I worked very hard to try to develop the TIF district and help to uh, redevelop the east side and, and that whole area. It's also in the university district, and I understand that there's a no loitering uh, uh, clause in that university district that, that goes all the way up to University Avenue. It's also part of your center city that you're trying to develop, and 
make that corridor between the university and downtown. And I think that this is counterproductive to that effort. Uh, I was around when the Salvation Army was there and the men's drop-in shelter was there. And uh, I was a direct, uh, I had direct contact with the problems that came with that. Uh, Currently, I have people sleeping on my back dock and in my back parking lot, and I can't walk from my building past the train station to the downtown without being accosted with people trying to panhandle, and and it is very frustrating, and, and I agree something needs to be done with that. I don't know that the middle of our downtown is the best place for that. Um, I... When I was developing my property, tried to help some of the homeless people and, and hired them to help do some of the work working on my building. And several times they would break back in and steal things from me. And, and I think that other efforts need to be made to help people uh, with employment, with life skills, with a whole bunch of different things. And I hope that, that there's some, uh, some effort to to look at the bigger picture to help people out other than just house them. I know from what I found out that this is a low bar to get in, which means anybody that is on drugs or alcohol or anything can come into the flop house there. And uh, one of the things that I think that the Salvation Army did was to say, no, if, if you're if you're high on drugs or, or have an alcohol problem, you need to address that first and then come in and, and we can try to help you. I, I'm not advocating religion as part of a solution to that, but uh, I, I see a problem in that neighborhood. Uh, currently, Andy Dallas and I, and we've been talking to Mike Hozier about a development company that uh, wants to redevelop that block and and come in and and uh, make a big difference in that part of downtown area. And Mr. Knox, I don't think that this up, will help. If you that. can wrap up, your time is up. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Please state your name and city of residence. Hi, um, hi. Uh, my name is uh, Ben Theobald. I'm a resident of of Urbana. Uh, I am just want to say I'm really glad to hear about this uh, low barrier ho homeless shelter. As somebody who uh, does a uh, show on WFT radio, I try to provide services to, such as rental assistance and, of course, some of the uh, homeless shelters. And so to see, you know, using this money, I believe that's coming from the American Rescue Plan, put to good use, in my opinion. Uh, because I know, you know, especially since we are uh, still in the pandemic, and uh, I believe somebody spoke here uh, in this meeting a week or so ago who was struggling with homelessness because of her, I, I, she both had health issues, she was both struggling with uh, her bills, she, uh, I believe, was uh, struggling with uh, a medical issue, so... Um, I'm, I, and I'm not sure about her status or you know what her situation is. I hope she was able to receive the assistance and care that she needed. And uh, you know, I, uh, you know, with these kind of issues, it never seems like everyone's completely happy with you know in terms of. And then look, I don't want to 
respond to the previous person's uh, you know comments directly, essentially. But it always seems to be well, you, know, you know, we agree that there is a problem, but we don't want it here. You know, we don't want it in this location. And yes, I understand in terms of property value, but it's this is something that we've needed now for uh, you know, especially now as I mentioned with this pandemic, because every time COVID numbers go up, which is usually you know, right around school starts and right around the fall and winter areas, you know, people are impacted. And right now we need, you know, you know, we're only, you know, it's already mid-August. So we need to address this issue and we need to do, you know, finally, and now we, with this, you know, money from the American Rescue Plan with, I think it's, you know, whatever imperfect, you know, imperfects or, perhaps small problems there are, you know, I think, you know, right now we just really need to, go, you know, go ahead and just um, uh, go ahead with this shelter in place. So I hope you do the right, you know, what I think is the right thing and go, go ahead with this shelter, uh, shelter project. And, uh, you know, the same thing with rent, you know, rent assistance, we need, I think, more accessibility and trans, uh, easy to get uh, uh, control to rent. As I said, you know, we're still in a pandemic. People, you know, will all, are, you know, always struggling because sometimes they, uh, you know, you know, get sick, you know, from COVID, you know, we're, uh, we know with COVID people's, you know, uh, you know, we expect the numbers to go up even higher this year because we're dealing with a different, you know, it becomes more contagious with you know every each each you know each type of variation of COVID. So, I you know I I'm in favor of this uh, homeless shelter homeless shelter project and and uh, more accessibility to uh, rental assistance. So, I hope you do what is the right thing and uh, go ahead with this uh, project. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Please step forward. Bailey Van Antwerp, resident of Champaign. I wanted to introduce myself to everyone in the audience. I am the deputy township supervisor. Um, and I think a lot of people, not just in this room, but in the community in general, don't know all of the programs that are currently offered by the township. Um, so just very briefly, we have an emergency assistance program that helps with past due rent and deposits, a general transitional assistant, uh, assistance which is a system to help individuals who are applying for Social Security um, disability with a monthly stipend. And then we also have a workforce development program. Um, and we are in talks, and I assume that this will go swell for us, that we would pull from the pool of individuals that utilize services at the shelter for the workforce development program. Currently, we get those through CU at Home. Um, those individuals seemingly are, are more ready for work. And so we want to meet people where they're at um, on that note. And so there may be individuals that aren't ready um, in the shelter, but there may be some that are ready to move forward. Um, and we also have been in talks with many agencies in the community uh, to make sure that we can offer as many services related to building life skills and um, resiliency as we can. I personally have met with over 20 different agencies, and I continue to meet with them frequently just to make sure that 
we're all on the same page as to what this shelter is going to do for the community, but also what it's going to do for the agencies um, and how they can partner. Because ultimately, if they don't have buy-in, as we talk about buy-in, then there's absolutely no way that this will flourish in the way that it needs to. So um, Carl, OSF, Rosecrans, um, Recovery Concepts, all of these different agencies are extremely supportive of what we're looking to do, and we are hopeful that you all are willing to jump on board. And if anyone has any questions about programming, um, program coordination, then feel free to ask me. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Hi, my name is Nicholas Dale. I am a resident of Champaign, Illinois. I think that this is a great idea, that this is a great location. It's right across from the police station. Um, the security guard on staff is a good idea. All the caseworkers can help people get back onto their feet. Um, I couldn't think of a better location for a startup for this, just because, I mean, it's so close to uh, the police station and um, there's help nearby if anything should happen. Um, and I mean, every year people in Chicago, I know this is in Chicago, but they freeze to death on the street from the winters. It's cold. And a lot of us take for granted the fact that we can go inside to some place that's climate controlled. Uh, but homeless people can't. They're on the streets and their rationale and thinking and their mental health is certainly going to be diminished if they don't have some place to go. So I 100% support this and I commend uh, everyone who's worked on this to put this together. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Town board comment. Anyone at this end? Councilmember Beck. Um, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, having worked, tried to work toward this goal for the last how many years that I've been on council, five years that I've been on council, um, that this has been at the center of what I've wanted to accomplish as a council member, to be able to provide the basic service of providing emergency shelter to the people that live in our community. It's a core human right to have housing. It is a core necessity for health and well-being. And for us to be able to take this on and take this challenge on, I think is an enormous undertaking, but one that is well worth it. Um, and to be the leaders that do this for our community, our county as a whole, I think is um, really important. And I think that we welcome other partners in this endeavor as we go forward because this is going to necessitate multiple partners to make this happen um, on a long-term basis. But being able to do this as the city, we, we, we are lucky to be in a financial position to have this opportunity to be able to do this for our community and know that we can do it for the next two years um, and be able to save lives, be able to make sure that uh, men and women are able to start a new life in a safe place um, and to heal trauma that they've experienced. Um, it's, a, it's, it's truly a gift that we have to give to our community. Um, so I am wholeheartedly behind this, and I'm very uh, proud that we're doing it. I'm proud of our township supervisor for taking this on and um, making this happen for our community, and thank you for doing that for us. Um, thank you to Bailey for working so hard on this. I know that you've been working an enormous number of hours to make this happen. So um, 
so I'm really, truly grateful for that. And, uh, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that we've been given through our ARPA funds to be able to do this. So um, looking forward to see all of the good things and, uh, and hope that we can all work together to make it happen in a positive way for our community. Councilmember Rodriguez. Um, so I think that as it's been as it's been addressed, this is obviously a very um, conv complicated, convoluted situation in some cases, especially with different people dealing with different things that gets them into the homeless situation. Um, I think that a lot of the concerns that are raised in terms of you know the effects on local businesses or you know funding and things like that. Ultimately, I think these next two years is our ability to kind of see what the township has been able to do with essentially no budget relative to the, to the task that they're um, addressing. And I think that the key to the success is going to be to continue that, um, that approach of you know, thinking outside the box and using all of our resources, networking, communication, building those relationships. Um, so I think that especially tying things like Prosperity Gardens into the, the conversation and showing people that there's more than just a shelter. There's more than just, you know, a place for people to go. Uh, engaging with them and building relationships is ultimately the key to, to getting people out of uh, bad situations. And this is, goes across the board. This isn't just homelessness. This is everything. Um, substance abuse, mental health issues, all these things that lead people to this are things that you know, people who aren't homeless deal with. And I'm pretty sure we all know somebody or we have experienced something that is similar to the situations that have people in these homeless situations. And it takes years. It does take a long time. And what I have loved about the conversations that we've been having about this is this building of relationships, because that's ultimately what's going to get the people who need the help to be open to, to the resources if we don't have those relationships. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a relationship. It, it, can, it can be a relationship that even with police department that, you know, sometimes get calls in these interactions. If they have a certain relationship, a rapport where they have a line to the township, to, you know, a, a place where they can go for information that will help them address some of these things with some of these individuals. I think that's going to go a long way, you know, they, to keep us out of dire situations where, you know, lives are at stake in some situations. Um, I do want to address, though, the, as we talked about, as the gentleman talked about, you know, this idea about how it's going to affect the local economy. I truthfully, as we've been leading up to this, I really hadn't been thinking about that, but I would like to open up that conversation and discuss how we're going to talk to our neighbors, how to be good neighbors, because yes, as everybody said, this is a, everybody wants to solve the problem, but nobody wants to deal with it in their own backyard, or as long as it's out of sight, out of mind, maybe throw some money at it, and it makes us feel better about, you know, it going on. Um, I think as long as we can establish some communication with local businesses, local partners, the police department, and have that, that constant exchange of communication where people are felt heard, then we're not going to run into those barriers where you know people are upset or people are working against. You know, if we're all pushing forward in the same direction, you know, two years goes by and we might be in a much better or we will be able to see the um, 
you know, the results that are provided. And I have nothing but faith in, you know, what Township Supervisor has, uh, will do based on what he has done. So I, there, there will be some growing pains. There's going to be a lot to figure out, but I think what has, what gives me hope is your comment is about, we really don't have a choice. And when people that are trying to make things happen, get in those positions, I think that's when some of the best situations can, can come from that. Some of the best situations can come from those um, positions. So again, this is going to be difficult, uh, but I have nothing but faith that as long as we're all open to communicating, as long as nobody is, you know, pitting themselves against each other because of ideological views, I think we can put the humanity back into what we're doing here. Again, it takes years for people to get help. We all know people who are functional with some of these issues that are going on, and we give them all the grace in the world because there's people we know or people we can communicate with. These people we don't have a relationship with, but I think that the efforts that are being made here will build those relationships. And if we save one person, two people, you know, from being left out in the cold, even giving them a home, being functional and, you know, having, having their own place, their own autonomy, I mean, I, I think that's worth all of this investment. Um, and ultimately, it's coming from us. We, we paid for the, the CARES Act through our tax dollars. So I think that putting it towards something that's going to be, you know, humane and not giving to corporate entities that are going to <laughs> that continue to give more money to people that have the money, I think this putting it somewhere is going to, I think we'll get a, a good solid return on it. It may not be objective. It may not be in black and white. But I think long in the long run, we're going to see some really good results. But, you know, I, the the chapter's yet to be written, uh, but I think if we all keep a positive mindset, some good will come of this. It'll be a net positive. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to speak? Councilmember Gladney. Thank you. Um, I want to thank the Township Supervisor's Office for the work they've done on this and all the people who've worked on this. Um, I'm, I'm uh, I guess you could say I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm also a little nervous. There's uh, I share some of Councilmember Pianfetti's questions or concerns just about the timing. I, I, I know that, you know, you're aware of that too, Township Supervisor. Uh, you know, November 1st is coming up pretty quickly. Um, winter will be here, probably, maybe. I don't know. Who knows about the weather? But um, I just hope that uh, we're able to kind of get this off the ground and hire our staff and get the location secured um, it, it, timely uh, along this timetable. Uh, for the gentleman who spoke uh, about the concern of the location, um, I, I appreciate you coming forward about that. Um, I think we did hear you. Um, I do think, kind of like Councilmember Aniguez was saying, you know, we 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 will have, uh, you know, the, both the Township Supervisor's Office as well as like CPD. Uh, uh, I mean, we'll be monitoring it. Um, I think we should also make a cognizant effort to work with. Uh, the local property owners down there just to make sure if they have any concerns that come up um, that those uh, are addressed. Um, I do think though, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, people want to see some something positive come out of this issue, but then when it comes to locating it, that's when people kind of go, oh, well, but maybe not here. Um, and you're probably gonna you're gonna you're gonna find that honestly I think anywhere you would try to cite this, um, so this becomes a, a a point where you just kind of have to say okay well it's gonna be here or you want it to be here. Um, I actually think this is a pretty good location. Uh, the map that 
Thompson Supervisor Kornstrom had in his presentation, I think, was um, kind of showed why this was uh, this would be a good location. Um, one thing I will add, I think, it was in our packet it talked about how after 12 months of of the uh, shelter being operational, that you know there would be a report to council about it. I would maybe like to see that at six months, um, but that we can talk about that. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Councilmember Pianfatti. Thank you. Um, so, um, as I said um, previously, this is something that I am in support of, but I do um, have some concerns about how we continue on um, beyond year two, um, because I think this isn't something that we can just, you know, try out for a little bit and then not have the funding to continue it. And so while I was glad um, to hear that there are partners that have potentially been approached, um, in my mind, the timeline got very compressed even more because of um, when um, government and state agencies start thinking about their budget. Um, so similar to what um, town board member Gladney had said, it, you know, a 12-month report to me became like six months or four months because when you're going to go to other agencies to ask them to support something financially, um, you need to be showing what's happening a lot quicker to get it in their budget. If you were talking about another, whether it's a city of Urbana, um, the university, or any other organization, um, something sooner would probably need to come back. So I, I do agree that that was something. Um, I also want to make sure that as you are um, hitting the ground running with your interviewing that you are um, looking at people that really know how to handle, you know, 24 hours, 365 days a year. That's, that's a big commitment. Um, but in my mind, I also thought there are people that do this in our community already or in neighboring communities, and um, that sort of makes me nervous. Are we starting to take away from other agencies in our own community that might already be serving that population? And so I want to make sure that we are doing our due diligence to um, advertise and make sure that we are you know, broadcasting this for a larger market um, so that we are getting people that really know um, what we need here in our community and that they, they know our community for what we need. Um, I do have some positive things, so I do. Um, I, I do think, um, Mr. Knox, um, I think maybe some of the insights that you had from the Salvation Army, if you haven't met with um, Bailey, she did offer... Um, for some meetings, maybe a conversation, um, so that we could be proactive about some of the things that um, may have uh, occurred, um, maybe so that they don't happen again for your business. That might be something that would be beneficial to all of us here in the community. Um, and uh, along the same lines for all the businesses, just if there's some knowledge that institutional knowledge that you might have that might be beneficial, it might be worth a conversation. Um, I don't know, maybe that already happened, but I, I, you offered, and that was very kind of you, so maybe um, you could do that. I just think that this is something that um, I just thank you for um, working with uh, Neighborhood Services and other city staff. Um, I, there were two or three goal-setting meetings that we all have had, um, as Councilwoman Beck said, where this was really something that 
we came together. There were a lot of things that we did not see um, uh, eye to eye on, but I know, um, Councilwoman Beck, this was something that you did have as a, a champion, and this was something that we all stood behind. So thank you for helping us see this vision. Um, I know it's in very early stages, and I have probably been the one that is asking the most questions, because I really do want to see this. And um, Mr. Miller, you have come up here a lot of times saying that this is a need. So I hope um, on, on your behalf as well that we can um, do some good here in our community for individuals that um, for no fault of their own, just need um, a roof over their head and maybe some guidance on, on things that they might need um, to help them um, just uh, to have a, a, a better next day. So um, thank you for keeping us accountable for some of the things that we are saying. Council Member Bruno. Um, yeah, the... Uh, this is clearly something that our community needs. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the next question would be, uh, where could it go? And while I don't think anybody reasonably would uh, want it to be next door to their property, um, it's not a bad location with the social services uh, resources that are close by, the Daily Bread uh, soup kitchen and the uh, local police department. In my life's uh, observations, I see homeless people tend to gravitate towards pedestrian-friendly, urbanized downtowns. They don't uh, tend to um, want to go sleep out in the cold in suburbia or in a rural neighborhood. Uh, maybe because there's more accessible things that a person who's homeless needs in an urbanized downtown area. So then the question is, where do these people sleep uh, on a winter night or uh, even on a uh, period of intense heat? Um, where, do you, where, where would we like them to be sleeping? Is there another location? Uh, you know, I'd, if somebody thinks there's, we're overlooking some better location, I think uh, they should come forward and suggest we're, where's a better part of town. But if we're going to be somewhere near our downtown, um, because that's where the population gravitates towards, um, this is as good a spot as any. Um, so we have to be mindful of the impact on the neighborhood. Uh, but there's also an impact of having homeless people sleeping on your loading dock, um, uh, dealing with bodily functions on private property. There's, there's all manner of um, problems with not sheltering people. So while it's not a, you know, it's not something that, uh, is with is not without concerns. I'll certainly support this. Councilmember Fulmer. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, so I just want to first, as everyone noted, uh, thank uh, Township Supervisor Kornstrom and, and your staff. I appreciate all of the work you've done to put this together and, and get it in front of us um, as quickly as you can. Um, 
I know that this is a great, great undertaking. Uh, and I, I don't want to belabor everyone else's points. Um, I really just want to mention a couple of things. Um, one, I really appreciate um, your attention to um, hygiene and um, supplies to, to help folks um, with their health. I think that is a really critical piece of this. Um, I think it helps to relieve some of that pressure on our healthcare systems um, and also um, helps to helps to alleviate some of those issues for for these folks that that we're talking about. Um, I also wanted to just uh, encourage us to think about. Uh, I, I am a thousand percent sure that there's a lot of money out there, um, and I hope that we can consider. Um, I don't know if my city manager is gonna strangle me for this, but uh, if, we, if we can't hire a grants person out the gate, um, whether we can use uh, the folks that we are, are looking at at the city, um, but I would like us to, to consider how we can continue to support the township in these efforts. Um, as we talked about other governmental entities, um, those are great, but I know that there are plenty of other funds out there, um, and this is a huge first step to allow us to even access those funds. You can't access them without this in place. And so I'm happy that we're, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're taking this first step that allows us to have access to some of those funds. Um, so thank you. Uh, my last note um, is I just want to acknowledge that the folks that we are talking about aren't in the room, and so I hope that we are um, doing them justice with this effort, and, um, and I hope that they will feel like they can come to us and express concerns and um, ways that we can do better as we build this program, as we, as we build this facility. Um, I just want to acknowledge that, um, that they have some ownership in this too and, um, and that we want to hear their voices as well. So, um, so thank you for, for your work. I know that, uh, Deputy uh, Supervisor, you are uh, working to hear those voices um, and, and all of you are doing that, but um, I just want to, to thank you for those efforts, so thanks. Anybody else? So I also want to join in thanking you and and like Councilmember Fulmer, I don't want to spend my time repeating everybody else because there were some really good points. Um, I I think Councilmember Pianfetti, your comments about you know um, Bailey sitting down with Brian and trying to have a conversation about. Um, lessons learned and how we can do better and things that we need to be aware of is a great one and um, we want to be good neighbors um, and hopefully Councilmember Bruno's points of helping people have a safe accessible place for shelter actually helps to improve your neighborhood dynamics as opposed to um, making them harder. Um, I do know, I mean, I was on council when Daily Bread moved, when there were issues with Time Center. It seems like at each step, um, there are neighbors that are concerned, but um, it seems as though those issues get worked through and um, the entities that come in 
our, our good neighbors. So I'm hopeful that that will be the case here as well. Um, I do, um, I join everyone with the enthusiasm um, and the, you know, delight that we are moving forward. It is a huge leap of faith. We're getting better at not studying things to death, but just taking the leap and understanding that we may have to revise along the way, that it might not be perfect, that we might not know today where funding for year three is, but we're going to get started and you know, we're going to help people along the way and figure it out. So I appreciate that there is a lot of sacrifice on the line here that you've done an incredible amount of work, both of you in a very short amount of time, um, with a big push from the town board and council to get moving, um, but that there may be things that need to be adjusted along the way and we all have to recognize that it may not be perfect immediately. Um, and I want to thank you for being willing to take that risk because that's not easy to do, but it's so very important. So um, I am supportive of moving forward. I know that we have a, a lot of things to continue to work on. Um, and, you know, I, I saw your metrics on the dates you want to hit. And um, I guess what I would say to that is, gosh, the sooner the better. The cold winter is coming, you know. Um, but at the same time, the shelter doesn't exist today, right? We are, we are no worse off if it takes you till October 2nd instead of October 1. That doesn't mean I don't want you to move as quickly as possible, but I also want to be realistic that it may not be exactly the way that you have proposed, um, and it, it will still be better than nothing, which is what we have today. So thank you for moving forward with it. Um, so with that, will the clerk please call the roll? Board, mem board member Williams. Yes. Board um, Beck. Yes. Bruno. Yes. Palmer. Yes. Gladney. Yes. Inigas. Yes. Pianfetti. Yes. Chairperson Finan. Yes. The item passes eight to zero. We have one more resolution. Town board chair, I uh, move that. A resolution 2022-0804, a resolution approving an amendment to an existing intergovernmental agreement between the city of Champaign. Second. Uh, the purpose of this resolution is to approve the amendment to the existing intergovernmental agreement which would allow for additional rental assistance program funding. The amendment to the IGA will increase the amount by 200000 and extend the duration of the agreement to June 30th of 2024. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Town board comment? You want to say anything, Supervisor? Yeah, just for, um, so this, of course, is, this is actually relative to the original resolution that um, we passed in discussion about the emergency rental assistance program. We've recognized um, that Albeit slow, we're seeing a leveling off of the need for rental assistance in our community. Um, and, um, and that slowness, unfortunately, is really slow. But um, this agreement effectively provides what we believe to be enough rental assistance over the next two years between 
this seed money from the city as well as the townships rental assistance fund um, that will be able to sustain our demands in Champaign for rental assistance over the next two years. So um, it's significant, and you know we've we've been doing rental assistance um, pretty robustly during COVID, but even before COVID. Um, what's promising, I think, is that we're seeing this slowly start to level off and, um, and that rental uh, market kind of calm down. Thank you. Anyone else? Please call the roll. Board Member Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Homer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Chairperson Finan? Yes, item passes eight to zero. We're now at the point for uh, the township meeting for audience participation. If there's anyone who wishes to address us as the township, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. Martin Willard Champagne. Um, I'm so glad y'all passed this, which I had a feeling that it would happen because we've been, I say the whole community been working on trying to get something for the homeless. But I feel we could finance this very easy by using some of the money that we already got. Um, the new marijuana money coming in, some of the hotel money that the people use. Um, we can put money towards a lot of developers and all like that. We put a lot of money towards developers. We, we, we had very little money towards people. And we need to put money towards people. And that's what y'all doing. And I think we can make this very successful. And taking the people off the streets and get them a home, the best way to change somebody's life is give them a foundation. And this homeless shelter will give some people a foundation in which you can move them from a homeless shelter to a home. Because I have did it. And I have did it. Um, just, I don't say I did it. I, I gave the people a temporary place to stay. And they did the rest of the work to get their own home. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I'm pulling this microphone a little bit over. Um, I am Ben Theobald again, resident of Urbana. I just wanted to say thank you for passing both uh, this uh, homeless shelter and uh, uh, rental assistance. And I just want to say in terms of about you know that this place would be letting people who are you know out, drug or alcoholic addict uh dealing with drug or alcohol addiction um all 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 i will just say as somebody who has who, ha who has had family members and friends struggle with addiction is that you know recovery is a long and difficult um pr pr process and <coughs> you know you always see those types of uh those types of you know reasons why you know this is what's this is going to be these types of shelters are just going to hover in those types of people and it's always just you know you never it, and it's I'm I'm just kind of tired of seeing those types of accusations those types of that kind of thinking so I again just want to say thank you to you know. Passing both of these, you know, things for assistance and uh, shelter, and and we'll say there are yes, there are other kind of resources like there's Illinois, there's the Illinois Housing uh, Authorization, but there are deadlines with that. And again, 
it's always lack of, you know, not everyone knows about these other resources. They're not, maybe not as well known, you know, and accessible. So, and again, so that's, and, you know, that's all I wanted to say. So thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to address us as a township? Yes, hello. Good evening. My name is Kelly Strateski. Thank you all very much for um, your voices. I think this is a great effort. It's sorely needed. Every community needs this. There's always people in need. And we have systematic oppression throughout the nation and world. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And, you know, our, you know, it's very important that we express our humanity to others. We are all given opportunities and we're all given a foundation. And it's important that we understand the systematic oppression that goes on and that not everybody's afforded the same opportunities. And a lot of people have all the struggles that homeless people have, but homeless people have homelessness and those struggles. So a lot of people have mental health. We just don't talk about it. We have to address and conquer stigma in our communities and society. It works against all of us because everybody's had anxiety about speaking. Everybody's had anxiety about a new job. Everybody's had depression at one point or the another from losing a loved one or a friend or all these issues that are all very human issues that we relate to. And this is sorely needed and it's definitely not going to overshadow any of the other efforts that are going on in the community. Um, so thank you for this and I appreciate it. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Seeing none, um, any town board members? Supervisor. Thank you, I, I, I mostly wanna thank you all as a board for um, not only the support, but the communication. I, I hear you, um, you know, I, uh, and I miscommunicated apparently, but um, quarterly, we're, we're going to be coming back quarterly to you all with the information that you're wanting. Um, and, and, and I hope that we have a strong conversation. And then annually, um, you know, as I mentioned, we'll, we'll be at year one. Our goal is to have our permanent funding. So a year from well, a year and three months from now, I want to come back to you and say, here's our plan for 2024. Uh, so, um, the, the beautiful thing about local government, and I think you would all agree, is that um, we're, we're approachable. We're everybody's neighbor. And, and I listen to Mr. Knox, and I fully recognize um, the impact of putting a homeless shelter in a community. I understand that. I really, really do. Um, and, and, you know, my response to that was, as he mentioned, he, um, he has uh, individuals sleeping on his loading docks. And my goal, as I noted, was not, it's, it's to limit the interaction, as I said, between police and fire and EMS, because we're giving these men and women the tools that they need and deserve. It's also to limit um, the interaction, you know, that, for instance, Mr. Knox will have with them on his loading dock, because we're giving them a place to be safe and warm. So um, email 24-7, cell phone, not so much, but I am accessible to anybody. Um, and, and again, I appreciate everybody's support. Thank you. Our next meeting is September 6, 2022. Town Board Chair, I move we adjourn. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. We are adjourned into our City of Champaign City Council meeting for August 16, 2022.
like to call this meeting to order, I invite you to join me for a moment of silence followed by the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The clerk, please call the roll. Councilmember Pianfetti. Here. Williams. Here. Beck. Here. Bruno. Here. Palmer. Here. Gladney. Present. Inigas. Here. Kyles. Mayor Finan. I am also here. Um, our special recognition is done, so approval of minutes. Madam Mayor, I move we approve the minutes from July 13th, 2022, Community Civic Event, Victory Over Violence, Spotlight on Solutions. Second. Uh, any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, name, sign. They are approved. Uh, please call the first bill, unless we have correspondence. Do we have any correspondence? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, council received email correspondence from the following individual in support of the McKinley Field proposal, um, Amelia and James Weber. We also. Council also received email correspondence from the following individuals who opposed the McKinley Field proposal. Adam and Stephanie Smith, Barry Ramsey, Greg Stock, Cheryl Forrest Morganson, Justin Martin, Joyce Brewer, Andrew Currens, um, Robert O'Daniel, John Steinbacher, Lois Yosulian, Chelsea Swick, Justin Markin, Martin and Jeffrey Jenkins and Katayan Salmasi to acknowledge and place on file. So moved. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Uh, okay. No public hearings. Please call the first. Madam, oh, yeah. Madam Mayor, I move that we consolidate Council Bill Number 2022-136 and Council Bill Number 2022-137. Second. All those in favor of consolidation signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Please call both bills. Council Bill Number 2022-136. A resolution approving a subrecipient agreement with the City of Champaign Township for creation of year-round low barrier emergency homeless shelter. Council Bill Number 2022-137, a resolution approving the First Amendment to intergovernmental agreement for rental assistance funding between the City of Champaign and the City of Champaign Township. The purpose of the first council bill is to approve a subrecipient agreement between the city of Champaign Township and the city for creation of a year-round low barrier emergency shelter in the amount 
not to exceed 3.9 million. The purpose of the second council bill is to approve an amendment to the intergovernmental agreement between the city of Champaign Township and the city for rent assistance program funding. The amendment would increase the amount by $200,000 and extend the duration of the agreement to June 30th, 2024. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Council comment? Councilmember Beck. I gave my comments in the township uh, meeting, but I just wanted to extend a thanks to the city staff as well for the hard work that the city staff has put into making uh, the shelter agreement happen and know the work that they'll put in going forward um, because it's going to be a long haul with that. And I know there's community members here as well that will be working on that and uh, agencies, United Ways here, and I know everyone will be partners in that and I appreciate the many hands that will take this. As they say, many hands make light work, but even this load is going to be a heavy lift with the many hands that it's going to take, and so I do appreciate the many hours that it will take. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Please call the roll. Councilmember Pianfetti? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes, Council Bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council Bill number 2022-138, a resolution approving an agreement with the Visit Champaign County Foundation for the sponsorship of the Champaign County African American Heritage Trail. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve an agreement between the City of Champaign and Visit Champaign County Foundation to provide a sponsorship of the Champaign County African American Heritage Trail in the amount of $100,000. Um, I would note that we have one of the co-chairs with us and we also have Visit Champaign County with us. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Please step forward. State your name and city of residence and limit your comments to five minutes or less. Uh, my name is Angela Rivers and from the city of Champaign. Um, I am the, uh, one of the co-chairs for the Champaign County African American Heritage Trail. Uh, my other co-chair, Barbara Suggs Mason, the Heritage Trail um, Committee Visit Champaign County and myself would like to thank you in advance for your support. As you know, our mission is to educate today's residents and visitors about the rich heritage of African Americans in, the, um, in this community and the county. And to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, by providing free um, and accessible experiences for all. Um, we um, will accomplish this with your help. We believe that this project will lead to um, better understanding and relationships um, through the learning about little-known history of a community that helped to build the greater community and that we all live in. And we look forward um, to um, coordinating and working beside you as we create um, this trail and all its components. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Any council comment? Councilmember Pianfetti. Thank you, Your Honor. I just wanted um, to share my support and excitement for this project um, and uh, thank Dr. Rivers and uh, the 
uh, visit Champaign County Foundation for their work. It's um, a pleasure just to see how it has grown and how the excitement has been built um, in the community. In fact, just this weekend at the Douglas Park, just seeing the crowds around the booth that was there and just watching how the community was uh, being inspired by what they were seeing and what they were hearing, what they were learning. Um, I know that I certainly didn't know our rich history here, so um, it's just um, really exciting to see this come together, and this certainly will have my support this evening. Anyone else? All right, please call the roll. Councilmember Pianfetti? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Olmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Enigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes, Council Bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council Bill number 2022-139, a resolution approving the Amron Area General Plan. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve an area general plan for a 2.17 acre tract of land located on the west side of Rising Road, a quarter mile to the south of Windsor Road, located at 2617 South Rising Road. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Council comment? Please call the roll. Council Member P. Fetty? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. Council Bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council Bill number 2022-140, a resolution designating a developer of record for 207 East Stockton Street. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to designate the university group as developer of record for the city-owned property located at 207 East Stoughton Street. The university group has submitted a proposal to purchase and redevelop the property in response to a city-issued request for proposal. The RFP stipulates that the developer of record would be established prior to negotiating the terms of a potential economic development agreement. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Council comment? Please call the roll. Council Member P. and Fetty? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Enigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. Council Bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council Bill number 2022-141, an ordinance amending the zoning map for the City of Champaign to rezone 604 South Country Fair Drive from the CI Commercial Indust Industrial Zoning District to the CG General Commercial Zoning District. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to review a zoning map amendment that would rezone 604 South Country Fair Drive from the CI Commercial Industrial Zoning District to the CG General Commercial Zoning District. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue? Council comment? I would just say I pass this at least three times a week and it makes complete sense and um, hopefully it's a benefit for the owner. So with that, please call the roll. Council Member P. and Fetty? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Olmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Enigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? 
Yes, Council Bill passes eight to zero. And um, please call the next bill. Council Bill number 2022-142, a resolution accepting a proposal for leaves and brush transport and recycling services. So moved. Second. This council bill accepts a proposal and authorizes the city manager to execute an agreement with Rob Wood Farms of Potomac, Illinois, for the recycling and transport of leaves and brush from the city's yard waste collection program for the term of October 19th, 2022 through October 18th, 2023, at a unit price of $7 per cubic yard in an amount not to exceed $150,000. The city manager would also be authorized to renew this agreement for up to two consecutive one-year option periods at a cost of $7 per cubic yard in amounts not to exceed $150,000 annually. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Council comment? Please call the roll. Councilmember Pianfetti? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. Councilable passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council Bill number 2022-143, a resolution approving an engineering services agreement with ESCA Consultants, Inc. for the 2023 infrastructure maintenance project. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to authorize the city manager to execute an engineering services agreement with ESCA Consultants, Inc. of Urbana in an amount not to exceed $616,600 for the 2023 infrastructure maintenance project. And they do have a representative who's been patient and stayed through our meeting. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Council comment, please call the roll. Council member Pianfetti? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes, council bill passes eight to zero. And we are now at the point of our meeting for general audience participation. If you have anything you wish to, uh, the council, to address the council on, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. Hi, my name is Nicholas Dale. I am a resident of uh, Champaign, Illinois. Is there any way we could get this uh, pulled up here? Sure. Real quick. Somebody make sure the Elmo is on. It's on. I just wanted to get the resource shared first so that you guys can know that there is an increase in homelessness. Uh, there is an increase in uh, incarcerated people. There's a correlation between incarcerated people and homeless people. Um, and this pertains to uh, the bill that you guys passed for the um, homeless shelter, which is a good thing. Uh, I'd like to just go over a couple of brief uh, financial uh, aspects of it. Um, so now that we've established this, um, here in the Federal Registrar, let's see if you can see that, um, it says the average person, the average price, sorry, 
<clears throat> the average uh, cost to house a federal inmate is about $100 per day. Uh, considering that this homeless shelter can uh, hold up to 60 people per day, 100 times 60 is $6,000 a day, 6,000 times 365 is about $2.2 million, uh, and you guys are at $1.9. Um, and considering that uh, there is an increased correlation of uh, the homeless people committing crimes uh, and then going to prison or jail, uh, to have a climate-controlled facility or someplace that they can call home, uh, it actually saves us taxpayer dollars, and it creates a safer and uh, safer community environment. Um, so that's all I've got uh, for you guys for this. Uh, as you move forward with the finances on it, I just ask that you keep that in mind. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dale. Some anybody else would like to address the council? Step up to the microphone. Introduce yourself, state your city of residence. Hi, my name is Kelly Strateski, Champaign, Illinois. Um, I just wanted to follow up on what he said about the homeless in the shelter. So many people do end up committing crimes to have a place to sleep and to have a hot meal and that sort of thing. And they also end up in hospitals, so, and they don't belong in prison or in hospitals. So it's fundamental to have this shelter. So thank you for fulfilling this Great need. Thank you. Is there anyone else? All right. Council comment. Anyone? I just wanted to take. Um, oh, somebody else. Danny. <clears throat> yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody for supporting uh, Council Bill 2022-141 um, for the rezoning of, um, of our district. It's going to help uh, some of our local small businesses and, uh, you know, Obviously, local economy is very important to our ability to have the tax revenue to do some of these programs that are, uh, you know, benefiting some of those less fortunate. So I just want to thank you all for supporting it, and uh, I think there it's going to. So I, I want to I appreciate people supporting common sense bills. So if this is going to help our local economy by supporting small business, I think it's going to be a win for everybody. Thank you. Anyone else? So. I just wanted to take a moment to um, let people know that this week I had this amazing opportunity to donate blood, which doesn't sound all that exciting. Um, but Jane Deleuze, who was here, um, and myself and Julia Reitz got to donate blood um, after having been deferred since about 1999. And the reason for that is that we had lived in England for more than six months during the 80s um, when mad, mad cow was prevalent and they disallowed people from then giving blood after that. Um, the science has now changed around that and they are now allowing people to donate blood. And this is fairly a fairly new thing and we were uh, really excited to be able to be a part of it. But the reason I think it's really important to tell people about it is because our local um, blood bank said that they have a list of 5,000 people who have either donated in the past or have tried to come in and donate and have been deferred be because of having been in England during that time frame. And so there are 5,000 of you, there are probably more, 
out there who at some point either donated blood or wanted to donate blood and weren't able to, and hey, you're now eligible. So um, I want to use this opportunity to let you know that um, it was a really easy, simple process. Um, and it, the, they are so professional and amazing, and it you know, will take you less than an hour, probably less than a half an hour to go do it, and um, we are always in need of blood donors in our community, so please consider doing that. Uh, city Manager, do you have anything? Um, Your Honor, I just want to remind the City Council that after our study session, with the administration needs a closed session on pending litigation. All right, uh, vouchers. Madam Mayor, I move that we approve the vendor payments in the amount of $7,158,422.33. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Madam Mayor, I move that we approve the payroll of August 5, 2022, in the amount of 2 million. $59,690.49. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. So we are now in our study session, and am I just turning it over to Chris Kesker? All right, Chris, you're on. Uh, good evening, Mayor and Council. Um, I'm here tonight to uh, present to you uh, a request uh, that was made to discuss a historical memorial designation uh, for the address of 63 East Chester Street. Uh, if you'll recall, uh, this uh, building uh, partially fell down in a storm. I actually happened to be at the Illinois terminal of the day of the storm and watched the back wall and the side wall fall over and uh, called uh, CPD and, and Q happened to be on, on duty. Uh, but uh, after, uh, after the building fell, a uh, community member uh, visited uh, a city council meeting to request that we recognize uh, the importance of this location and the businesses and people who were part of this location. Uh, after that, we received a uh, request to schedule a, a topic for study session, which is what brought us here tonight. And then just through research, uh, we have found multiple contributions uh, by the family who built uh, the Chester Street building uh, to, and, and then those who have owned it since then uh, to the transportation industry, uh, live music scene, uh, Chester Street was named after this building, and then the impact that it made to the LGBTQ plus community for nearly 40 years. Briefly, uh, history of the location, it was constructed in 1885 for the, what was known as the Chester Transfer Company. And then uh, the street that it was built on was called First South Street uh, until 1914 when the city council at that time uh, named it, uh, renamed it Chester Street. Uh, in the 1920s, this building, uh, sorry, when it was first built, it was a carriage and buggy uh, repair place. And then it also uh, served with freight uh, transfer. Uh, then it was sold or it was kept by the same family, uh, but in the 1920s, they opened the original Yellow Cab Company to Champagne. And then it was owned by Chester uh, and O'Byrne families until 1965 when it was sold to Bud Bartholo, who called it Chantazar. And this place was fashioned after a location this, of the same name in Old Town, Chicago. Uh, this brought together many up and coming local and regional acts, as well as some national talent. 
Uh, you can see some of those folks there. Uh, national acts such as Chicago, Three Dog Nights, uh, our very own uh, local REO Speedwagon, Cheap Trick, uh, all had um, uh, uh, time playing uh, multiple shows uh, in this venue along with other uh, smaller and local uh, musical acts. In 1978, the building was sold and renamed the bar. Uh, this uh, was the first LGBTQ plus um, uh, establishment outside of the city of Chicago. Uh, and for many years, it drew um, uh, LGBTQ residents, visitors, uh, university students, and others from around the state uh, who uh, did not want to or could not get to Chicago. And in 1983, a new owner converted it to a full-fledged dance club. Uh, where it served anyone who walked through the doors until its eventual sale in 2017. Uh, and throughout the years, it hosted countless members of the LGBTQ community, as well as uh, fraternities and sororities, charity events uh, for numerous, numerous organizations such as uh, GCAP, CU Public Health, uh, and as well as an educational, sorry, um, as well as they provided educational resources uh, for those and uh, participated in advocacy uh, for those uh, who were considered marginalized. Uh, the building was intended to be uh, repaired and, uh, and reopened by the new owner since 2017. However, shortly after that, you may recall that the building uh, sustained a fire uh, shortly after it was sold. And then it is believed that uh, the damage from the fire uh, probably contributed to the building uh, collapse that happened in 2021. So uh, no plans yet that, we're, that I'm aware of, at least, on, on what may come there, but it is still owned uh, by uh, Scott Cochran. Um, this is just a sample of what a historical memorial marker could look like, um, recognizing that the building, it, or the property itself is still owned uh, by uh, a private entity, uh, but the city perhaps wants to recognize if recognize the location uh, for, um, for its multiple contributions uh, to the city. And so uh, this is just something that I came up with and uh, talking with uh, as well as TJ Blakeman and, and planning, just how do we recognize the multiple things, uh, multiple entities that the, um, that the original owners, uh, the Chester family, and then the different businesses who were there. Um, more importantly, this sign could be constructed um, to contain, um, uh, could be constructed to contain sort of a, a web link, or we talk about QR codes, but apparently we're going away from QR codes according to Jeff Hamilton. Uh, but that could link back to the city's website uh, where we have a lot of historical um, locations and properties and landmarks listed where people, if, wanted, if they wanted to, could get more information about the location if we wanted to have perhaps less wording on the sign or, again, just a, just a sample. So uh, based on council tonight, direction tonight, uh, if you uh, choose to go forward, uh, we'd prepare a council bill for future consideration. Uh, we would finalize whatever memorial language we would want on that, that sign that we would put up on public property. Um, and then we would work uh, to add it to the city's history page uh, on the website. And so you have two alternatives tonight. Uh, one is direct uh, to prepare a resolution uh, for future consideration uh, or, or not to. So that's all the slides that I have. I'll be happy to entertain any questions. Thank you, Chris. Is there anyone who has technical questions? Councilmember Beck. 
Um, Chris, can you tell me, um, in considering like historical markers and what our our practices, past practices have been, do we have any historical markers that we've placed in the past as a city? This, uh, from research, this is sort of the first, this would be the first of its kind, mm -hmm. uh, mostly in relation that it's come from uh, a citizen input through council requests for study session. We do have other uh, historical landmarks throughout the city, and our planning director can tell me if I'm wrong, but those have typically started with the historic preservation um, uh, committee or commission and then moved through for final approval. Um, so there certainly are places around town that do have historical markers or historical signs depending on what, what they're on, whether it's a local landmark or uh, even a national landmark. Uh, this would be slightly unique and that it's sort of a combination of a, an honorary street uh, sign type of thing and then also the historical um, uh, historical marker. So is this something that we would want to replicate in the future or is this something that would be a standalone one-time kind of thing? Um, I, I haven't talked to the city manager but I don't see anything that prohibits us from doing that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously you know the support would have to be there for whatever the location whatever the significance would be um, but um, I don't think anything would prohibit us from doing that uh, at, at whatever it was further directed. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Councilmember Gladney. Where exactly at the location would this be placed? And would it be um, like in the ground or would it be standing up or like where, how would this be situated? Um, uh, and definitely not to take anything away from um, uh, any of our honorary streets that have honored our, that are in honor of our fallen officers. Um, but that was uh, the first time that we s sort of stepped outside the box of just putting up a street sign and putting up something that commemorates the life of the officer. So if you've been to any of the, um, of the officers' uh, honorary streets, um, below where it, I'll just use um, Officer Oberheim as an example, below the large street sign that's pretty high up in the air uh, at pedestrian level, there is a, 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 a sort of an 8 by 10 or 9 by 12 sign that's there that has a photo of Officer Oberheim. And then it, it gives um, additional information about his, his career. Uh, and then it, it uh, goes on to say that, um, uh, that the city of Champaign recognizes him for his, um, uh, for his ultimate sacrifice. Uh, so this would be um, on a on a street sign pole or another type of uh, pole that's, that's close to where the location of this building would be. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. Good evening, council um, and mayor. My name is Leslie Krause. Um, I reside in Champaign, and I'm definitely proud to call myself a lifelong resident of the community here. Uh, I also worked as the DJ and promoter at Chester Street Bar, the former Chester Street Bar. I just want to express my gratitude to the city council and, of course, the work of Chris here um, for placing this item onto tonight's agenda and for its consideration of a memorial for 63 Chester Street. The building is truly a landmark. It served our city for over 100 years in multiple capacities both as a local buggy and a service shop, 
uh, music venue for up-and-coming local and uh, national acts as well. And, of course, a nightclub and bar featuring drag shows, DJs, and other events for marginalized communities. Uh, Chester Street was the place where I first came out of the closet as LGBTQ um, back in 1999. It's also where I went on my first date. I had met a guy in a local personal site, and he told me about this bar called C Street, and, you know, I'd never heard of the place. I'd never been to a club before, so I had no idea what to expect. But honestly, you know, I figured it was worth a shot, and so I said, let's do it, and it ended up being a life-changing experience, honestly, as you can probably ascertain. You know, I'll never forget when we arrived at the venue and got out of his car, there was a line wrapped halfway around the block down Water Street. You know, I mean, this seemed like this was going to be big. Um, and this was on a Friday night, keep in mind. You know, Fridays kind of diminished there toward the end. So it was pretty impressive. And I could hear the pulsing music and the roaring cheers as we approached the front entrance. By the time we made it inside, the flashing lights, the dense fog, the people dancing shoulder to shoulder, it was otherworldly, even euphoric. But the most impactful part of the night was seeing the hundreds of people just dancing together without a care in the world. It was like a mecca of sorts, a communal celebration, just without all of the culturally contrived boundaries of class and race and sexuality and so on. We were all there together in the moment. Nothing else mattered as we just shared the mutual love of music and community. I'm certainly not the only one who felt as if C Street and its predecessor, the bar, were like a second home. These venues served a, such a profound impact on our local LGBT community spanning generations. They were like the Stonewall Inn of Champaign, Illinois. It's a legacy that deserves to be told. I wanted to read this passage from a recent article in the Daily Illini titled, Local Drag Queen Talks Drag Brunch, Importance of Inspiring Queer Youth published on June 11th. Jacob Sanders, one of the performers at My Pride 365 Drag Brunch, said that after Chester Street Bar, a former gay bar in Champaign closed down, it was hard, it was, um, sorry, um, it was harder to find a lot of LGBTQ people and safe spaces. Quote, unquote, quote, there wasn't really opportunities for queer people to meet and celebrate just being queer, especially if you're a child. And you're growing up in kind of a political climate nowadays, which is very volatile against queer students and children, end quote. As more and more young people are able to safely come out as LGBTQ today, I think it's important that they see the lasting legacy that 63 Chester Street had on the LGBTQ community and to grow up in a city that openly affirms uh, their right to exist as equals. A memorial can speak uh, in a most vibrant way about how Champaign values and respects the diversity of its residents and wants to ensure that they are welcomed and, and supported to the fullest extent. For this reason, I voice my support for a permanent memorial that reflects our city's ongoing commitment to our cultural heritage, including the imp very important role that 63 Chester Street served in Champaign from 1886 till 2017. I'll end with this very apt quote from an article about the importance of erecting monuments and memorials for, uh, to LGBTQ history. Visibility, the antidote to intolerance, goes far beyond flesh and bone. However, that's why monuments dedicated to the LGBTQ community are crucial in fostering social acceptance. Long-lasting memorials celebrating queer identities reduce stigma and stop discrimination among current and future generations. 
Thank you for your consideration. Have a nice night. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to address the council? Council comment? Anybody? Anybody down here? Is there anybody down here who wishes to speak? Councilmember Beck. Um, I was going to let Councilmember Fulmer go first. He had raised his hand first. Uh, I am excited to have a memorial um, designation made for this particular uh, site. I know that this has been an important location for many people in our community, um, a safe space for many people in our community, um, and sort of direction that I would give about this in terms of creating a memorial would be um, the, you know, something that would be special, but something that would provide additional information um, and something that would be easily replicated for other sites. So if we did do something of this nature and this became a, a way that we'd like to memorialize um, historical events or historical properties in our community to show their significance, that we'd be able to easily replicate it and um, be able to be uh, done so in a uniform fashion so that it's easily recognizable as a city designation um, so that we're not sort of reinventing the wheel for each thing that might come before us. So that's my, that's my input tonight. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, Bruce Knight did uh, share with me, which I had forgot about, even though I live in the neighborhood, uh, the, mark, the fairly large markers that are out there in the sesquicentennial neighborhood uh, is an example of something that did not necessarily go through the full historic preservation process. And so those, again, fairly large signs have a lot of information on them. Uh, talking a lot about the both the neighborhood itself and then there's individual sites uh, throughout the neighborhood uh, such as uh, I think it's Queenie's Garden uh, and a few other homes over in that area that have uh, more um, historical marker historical memorial information um, so we're not completely reinventing uh, the wheel uh, but maybe make it more streamlined to replicate in the future. Councilmember Fulmer. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Chris, for your presentation and your work on this. Um, surprise, I spent a lot of time there. Uh, um, so I, I have to say that um, I, I haven't actually talked a whole lot with my fellow council members about this issue, but I want to note that um, C Street um, probably saved my life. And um, it, it, I spent my very last dollar many times just to get into C Street. Um, it really, you know, Leslie mentioned visibility, and that was, that was the thing that I wanted to stress, is that uh, the idea, the, the concept of being seen and feeling seen um, feels so important and um, and while this may seem trivial and may perhaps seem um, like it's it's wasting funds or or, or a, a poor use of funds, I I don't know that folks understand the importance of being seen until you're part of that group, and so I I want to. Um, ask for, for everyone's support and um, to thank Leslie, um, my colleagues here, and, and Chris um, for your work to do this because um, it, 
it truly is something that um, is is so important to the folks that I consider my community and the people who I have developed lifelong friendships um, because of that place. And so, um, so thank you. And um, I, I hope that we have uh, everyone's support in this. Thanks. Councilmember Anigas. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, make a quick comment on, uh, or actually I was gonna ask a question. Um, it, is the QR code linking, is that something new? I'm not a historical person, but is that something new that we do now, or? Uh, we do have a few signs up, mostly related to parking, uh, and a few other, um, I wanna say when we had the, um, the recent campaign that, uh, that Visit Champaign County helped us with, they, that also had a QR code to find out more information. I meant just in terms of like the historical uh, th that would be, I think that would be something new that we haven't done before. We could also just put a web link on there that gets you to the website. Um, okay. But yeah, that, that would be something fairly new. Okay. Yeah. I, and I, I know that this place is a very important to a lot of people. And I just wanted to comment that that's a really great to do the QR code, linking it to all the extra stuff. Um, I think that'll obviously bring more engagement to obviously younger generations. Um, and when it comes to uh, historical stuff. So just really great job on that. Anybody else? Councilmember Gladney. Thank you. So I debated uh, quite a bit today how much to say tonight. Um, unfortunately, you're going to hear probably the longer side of things from me. Uh, but this place was important uh, to me. So uh, I'm going to start. So in June of 94, I graduated high school. Um, that Last semester, I was homebound because the bullying that I received, um, much of it to do with my sexuality, I had become so much that I, I just couldn't, I couldn't go back to school. Um, I did not attend graduation. Um, and that's kind of where I was at in June of 94. Uh, in December of 94, when I turned 19, uh, I, I went into C Street for the first time. And it was a revelation. Now, I'm not going to pretend that that place was perfect. That place had a lot of drama. <laughs> um, a lot of drama. But I have made, I've made friends there, uh, some of whom I, I still know, you know, 25 years later. Um, in fact, one of my best friends, uh, Amanda, um, like a quarter of the texts between her and I are just sharing videos of dance songs that her and I danced to back in the day at C Street. And like, hey, do you remember this song or that song? And so, you know, um, that's what happens when you get old, I guess. You just, you, you revel in the past. Um, but no, so up until that point, I had only, I, I knew maybe a handful of LGBT people, but that was in isolation. Um, and then you, you enter C Street, and while it was a mixed crowd, I mean, you had uh, certainly uh, heterosexuals that went there, um, most of them pretty strong allies. Um, it was predominantly LGBT. And I just had, I, I you know, I, I didn't know there were that many of us. And then outside of C Street, then you started recognizing the folks you saw there at night, you started recognizing them around town, uh, particularly at the mall. A lot of folks, a lot of gay folks worked at the mall. Um, 
And it was just, it was strengthening. It was perhaps life-saving. Um, there were people I know who, who, friends I made who came from out of town and even out of state. My friend Brett, um, who's no longer with us, uh, he came from Lafayette, Indiana, um, quite a few weekends just to come to C Street. Uh, so, I mean, it was also good, good for local, the local economy. Um, and it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, I want to stress too the, the allies that showed up there because it was, it was good to know that even if people weren't necessarily like us regarding our sexuality or our gender identity or whatever, that they still supported us. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's different now. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm a generation removed from, from all of that. Um, I, 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 the, the LGBTQ youth of today, I mean, I, I know that a lot of stuff has moved onto the Internet. Um, before C Street closed, it kind of was preceded by a slew of gay and, like, lesbian bars that have closed not only in this country but across the world. I think... You know, there's all different sorts of reasons for that. But I tell you, there is nothing quite like uh, a physical location and a sense of, of community that is fostered um, in such a place. Uh, and like I said, it wasn't perfect, um, but it was special. And I thought that for the years that I was a patron there and also when I worked there. Um, and I was very sad. I, I felt actual physical sadness when the building, well, first the wall, the back wall came down and then the building had to come down. Um, but, you know, it's a reminder of the impermanence of everything, pretty much. Um, uh, nothing lasts forever, unfortunately. Uh, but if we can um, remember it by, by having this marker, then I'm, you know, I'm all for that. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be Chester Street. Um, it has had a long history here in our community. Um, so have places like, you know, I've, I've seen some chatter in the local news recently about Red Lion Inn, for example. Now, that's not a place I have any kind of fond connection to. I didn't, I, I've only been in there once, but um, I know my parents talked about going to the Red Line Inn back when uh, they were college age here in the 60s. Um, so, you know, a lot of folks have fond memories of various places in Champaign that are like Chester Street, and I mean, I would be totally on board with those getting um, markers as well. So, um, I'm happy we're doing this. I hope folks support it. Um, yeah. Anyone else? Certainly. I would be remiss if I did not uh, thank Leslie for all of her work uh, on her website. Uh, all this information, I went to our local historian TJ, and he was like, "You need to go see Leslie's website that she put together." So I must, I must thank her for all of her information that she uh, allowed me to use. Thank you. Um, I was going to thank Leslie for bringing this forward to us. You've been a champion, certainly by coming and letting us know the importance of, um, of the spot. Um, but I also want to thank my colleagues for sharing their very personal 
um, experiences and memories and really making clear how, how important um, this space was, particularly at that point in our history, um, and, you know, reminding us of, of why this is the right thing to do. Um, as to potential other spots, I guess for me, I would request if we're going to start doing that, that we actually have a study session on what are our criteria and how, what's the program going to look like and not just have a mishmash of, you know, today I think wherever might be a great spot um, and, you know, standardize the signs a little bit and that kind of thing. Um, so I would invite any council member who thinks that's something they want to do to circulate a study re session request on it. I mean, that's not to say we can't do another one-off, but if we're thinking that it's something we want to do more than that, we should be, think in my opinion, thinking about it at a longer um, range. So our alternative is to direct staff to prepare a resolution to be placed on a regular meeting for council agenda for the historical marker for 63 East Chester Street um, for its contributions to the LGBTQ plus community in the city of Champaign. Councilmember Fulmer. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank you. Uh, we need uh, Madam, oh. yeah. Madam Mayor, I move we move into closed session for pending litigation followed by adjournment. Second. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilmember Pianfetti? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Bulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Inigas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes, we are recessed into closed session to be followed by adjournment.